A man making the ultimate sacrifice so that others may live. This is at the heart of the gospel. In Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, a ransom for many. It's that gospel message that gives us hope and encouragement for each new day. This is Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. We're glad to have you with us this afternoon as we again consider the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ. Join us, won't you, as we again spend some time reflecting on God's Word, the Bible. Here's our pastor and teacher, Wes Bradenhoff. A good Wednesday afternoon to you. Welcome to another edition of Gospel Talk. I'm glad that you've joined me once again. Well, this week on Gospel Talk, we're continuing our series on basic Christian doctrine. Over the last couple of days, we've been talking about the doctrine, the biblical teaching of justification, how we are right with God. And we saw yesterday that justification is God's declaration that we are right with him on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done alone. And that that justification comes to us through faith alone, not through anything that we do, but only through faith, through resting and trusting in Jesus Christ. We also saw that an important part of that justification by faith alone is the fact that Christ has perfectly obeyed the law of God for us and in our place. And so we not only have our sins forgiven through Christ's blood shed on the cross and through his death, we also are positively accounted righteous by God. God looks at us and he, he sees those who have perfectly kept the law. And so we can be his children. We can be part of his family. As I said yesterday, God takes us out of the courtroom and into the family room. Now, justification, as I said yesterday, is an event. It's not a process. There have been those in the history of the church, and there are still those today who say that justification is a process. I think of the uh, the Roman Catholic Church says that justification is a process, and they confuse it with the Christian life. They say that we're justified also by what we do. There have also been those like Charles Finney, uh, a well-known figure in American evangelicalism, who also basically took the Roman Catholic position that justification is in large part due to the holiness of the Christian. The Bible teaches no such thing. The Bible teaches that justification is an event. It is a one-time declaration of God that comes to us on the basis of what Christ has done alone, through faith alone, by God's grace alone, to the glory of God alone. Well, that brings us to consider sanctification. As I said, justification is an event, but sanctification is indeed a process. And what is the basic definition of sanctification? Well, it is the the process by which God's Holy Spirit, working together with us, makes us more and more into the image of Christ. So it is the process by which we increasingly grow in holiness, by which we increasingly grow in grace and knowledge. Sanctification is all about growth. It's about increase. It's about movement forward in the Christian life, growing in good works. So now as we consider a little bit more detail what the Bible teaches about justification, you know, we have to go back to faith. Faith is worked in man by the hearing of God's word and by the Holy Spirit. And through faith, we are regenerated. We are made into new people. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ through faith. 
And so, and that faith makes us live new lives. It frees us from the slavery of sin more and more. A couple of Bible passages that we could consider in that connection. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. That's why it's so important that we, we are regularly under the preaching of the word of God, that we have our faith nourished and that it will increasingly grow. John 8, verse 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free also from the slavery of sin. So this faith, which takes hold of Jesus Christ, which rests and trusts in him, this justifying faith, does not make people indifferent to living a good and holy life. Titus 2 verse 12, the grace of God has appeared, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. You know, there have been those who have said that, well, if justification is by faith alone and it doesn't involve the, the, our merits and, and what we do, then, then people are just going to go and they're going to live like the devil. They're not going to even care about what God says in his word. They'll have no incentive. They'll have no motivation. Not true, says the Bible. Without this kind of faith, no one would do anything out of love for God, but only out of self-love or fear of being condemned. This holy faith that takes hold of Jesus Christ. It's impossible for that to be inactive in man. So we don't speak of an empty faith, but we speak about what, what the Bible calls faith working through love. Faith takes hold of Jesus Christ. Faith looks to Jesus Christ. Through faith, we are engrafted into Jesus Christ. We have union with him. Now, the image that's used in, in John 15 and elsewhere is of us being engrafted into the vine, the branches being grafted onto the vine. And that happens through faith in the Holy Spirit. And as we are engrafted into the vine, we'll produce fruit naturally, spontaneously. So faith is not fruitless. Faith, if it is true faith, will produce fruit in this life. Faith leads man to apply himself to the works which God has commanded in his word. And those works that come out of the, the good root of faith, they're good and acceptable in the sight of God. They're all sanctified by his grace. But yet, they don't count anything for our justification. Because it's through faith in Christ that we are justified, even before we do any good works. Otherwise, they could not be good any more than the fruit of a tree can be good, unless the tree itself is good. See, we're talking here about roots and fruits. What is the root of our salvation? It's Jesus Christ. Our root is in what he has done for us, in dying on the cross for us, in living a perfect life for us, in being raised from the dead for us, in being seated at God's right hand for us. Everything is in Christ. That's the root. But the fruit then comes out in a Christian life in godliness and holiness, a desire to live a life that is pleasing to God, living a life that is honoring to God, showing our gratitude to God for the salvation that we've received, showing our love for God, wanting to honor him with our lives. And so Christians do good works. They do good deeds. But why do they do them? Do they do them because they think that they're going to tip the scales in their favor with God? No. 
They do them because they love God. Christians do good works because they want to please God. They love God. They want to honor him. They want to thank him. We are indebted to God rather than he to us for the good works that we do. Since scripture says, it is he who is at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Even our sanctification is God's work in us with his Holy Spirit. And so we also have to keep in mind what the, what the Lord Jesus says. So you also, when you have done all that is commanded, you say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. So we, we do our duty. We show our thankfulness and our gratitude, our love for God by keeping his word, by following his law. And so we do good works. Absolutely. We believe that good works belong in the life of a Christian. We'd say that if a, if a Christian is not doing good works, if he's not um, showing that he, he loves God's word and he prefers to live in sin, We'd say that he's not really resting and trusting in Jesus Christ because there's no evidence of that. And so a life that is lived in sin, the problem is not the externals. The problem is not what you see going on. That, that's just evidence. Those are just symptoms of the deeper problem, which is that this particular person is not truly resting and trusting in Jesus Christ alone. So we do good works, but we don't base our salvation on them. We can't do a single work that is not defiled by our flesh and doesn't deserve punishment. James says that even if we were to break one of the commandments, we would break them all. And well, as in the nature of the case, we do in fact break the commandments regularly. Even if we could show one good work, the remembrance of one sin is enough to make God reject it. Why is that? Well, because God is supremely holy. God is so holy that he cannot tolerate to have even one sin in his presence. We have to remember that the heinousness of sin lies in the majesty, the greatness of the one who has been sinned against. That comes from Jonathan Edwards, a great American theologian of a couple centuries ago. The heinousness of sin lies in the majesty, the greatness of the one who has been sinned against. So even one sin is an offense to God's majesty. And if we, if we didn't have this, these biblical truths, we would always be in doubt, tossed to and fro without any certainty. We'd always be wondering if we'd ever really done enough. You, know, you talk to people who believe that good works are part of their salvation and either they're extremely arrogant and they think that they hardly ever sin or, and, and the good deeds that they do do will somehow outweigh their bad deeds, which is supremely arrogant, or they're forever in doubt and they have no assurance whatsoever because they're always wondering if they've truly ever done enough. They think they have to do more. They have to do more to please God. That's not the biblical approach to this issue. The biblical approach to this issue is to rely on the merits of Jesus Christ, to rely on what he did in his death and in his suffering. If we didn't do that, our poor consciences would be constantly tormented. You see, this is a basic biblical teaching that we look to Christ alone. There are a number of passages we could think of. Romans 10, 11, for the scripture says, 
Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ will not be put to shame. It doesn't say whoever tries really hard and does as many good works as he can will not be put to shame. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 is also um, repeated by the, the Apostle Paul. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by faith. Those words were appropriated by the Apostle Paul. And then later on, they were rediscovered. The beauty of those words was rediscovered by the great reformer Martin Luther in the 16th century. Martin Luther was one of these people who was constantly tormented in his conscience because he'd always wondered if he'd ever done enough. How could he expect God to love him when God is holy and he's angry with sin? What could possibly save him? And then he came across these words, the just shall live by faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus Christ, who has done it all for us and in our place. That's the gospel message that we need to hear constantly. And that's the gospel message that I try to bring you each and every weekday on this radio program. I hope today that that message has been an encouragement to you. And I hope you'll join me again tomorrow as we continue our survey of basic Christian doctrine. Till then, may God continue to bless you richly in every way. Thanks for joining us today on Gospel Talk. Today's broadcast comes to you courtesy of the Maranatha Canadian Reformed Church in Surrey. Located at 12300 92nd Avenue in Surrey, the Maranatha Canadian Reformed Church worships every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. You can find out more about the Maranatha Canadian Reformed Church at our website, www.maranatha-canrc.org. That website again, www.maranatha-canrc.org. If you'd like more information or you'd like to drop us a note of encouragement, you can email us at gospeltalk at hotmail.com. Again, that email address, gospeltalk, all one word, at hotmail.com. You can also call us toll-free at 1-866-288-1087. Again, that number, 1-866-288-1087. We're glad you tuned in today, and we hope you'll join us again tomorrow at 245, right here on KARI. This has been Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. <laughs>